Hello and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer. Well, hello to you out there in podcast land. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're all right, surviving, even thriving. Um, Now we are into September, which is a bit of a scary thought because it means we're most of the way through. 2022 and we are nearly into 2023 the space year 2023 at least that's you know when i was little that's kind of how i thought of these things couldn't imagine the year 2020 it was madness that's not even what i was planning on talking about today what i wanted to talk about today was affording recording studios and it can be a bit of a contentious topic you know do you record at home do you record in the studio etc etc some people really value the recording experience other people um you know, the recording experience of being in a studio, as it were. Other people just want to get essentially a great recording, but at a good price and then therefore choose to do things at home. And there's various things I wanted to talk about. The idea of affording recording studios. And I've saved my best point for last. Um, so we'll come to that. But just a few things I wanted to talk about. The ideas around affording recording studios, how you can get the most of your money, things like that. And the first of my points is you've got to make sure the songs are ready and well rehearsed. It goes without saying, if you're going to spend money on the studio, no matter how much you're spending, you need to go in there knowing exactly what you're going to play, how it goes, exactly all the ins and outs, every beat of every fill, every riff, every vocal refrain, whatever you're recording in the studio. Make sure they are ready to go, they're finalised, everyone agrees with what you're going to play and you know what you're going to play. This will avoid arguments and discussions. Arguments and discussions in the recording studio, I can tell you, last longer than they should, <laughs> especially when you're essentially on the clock. And yeah, going in, just knowing exactly what you're going to play means that you should be able to play it faster. And it might even mean you can get more done with the same amount of time than you first realised. But that's the first point. You've got to go in prepared. If you're not prepared, it's going to be rubbish, basically. Like, I, I've seen bands fall apart because they just weren't quite aware of where the song was going to go and like they maybe they hadn't rehearsed it properly i'm not entirely sure but basically long and short just make sure they're ready and well rehearsed don't don't flaunt that one spend time doing it it's boring but really do it get rehearsed um the next thing i wanted to talk about is um pricing and affordability if i can put it that way you know many people think that the studio is going to cost you like three four grand a day and things like that and i would say well it depends where you go if you want to go to abbey road then sure it's going to be expensive but most studios most kind of reasonably sized studios that have a good sound um aren't too too expensive per day and the way you only way you'll know how much a studio costs is by asking. Either it will be on the website or you need to email and ask. Just ask them and they will let you know. And then you can really go in well informed. And I think when you're picking a studio, you need to balance um, the affordability and the sound. I think it's really important to consider. So obviously the affordability needs to be considered. But if you're going somewhere that's so cheap and you've listened to the output that they've the studio's made and it all sounds terrible, it's probably not going to be the best bang for your book. You're probably going to get a bit annoyed by the outcome at the end and you don't want that. So have a listen to what they've put out as well as looking at their prices. That's something to consider. So um, my next point is around a hybrid model. So when you're recording, consider a hybrid model of recording. So don't do everything in the studio. Now, some people may want to, and that's fine, but this is about the idea of making 
uh, recording affordable in good places. So a great hybrid model to do is to do drums in the studio, for example, or everything else at home. Another one that bands asked me to do is to do drums and vocals in the studio and record everything else at home. And I can see why, because, you know, you can DI guitars and basses. You can get great sounds in the box very easily. And having all those mics for drums and having good mics for vocals and things like compressors is not so straightforward at home it's possible don't get me wrong but it's not so straightforward so i can completely understand why bands want to do that model loads of people who uh, who are mixing engineers and producing things like that who make a living off recording drums and then mixing the whole project to the end so don't just consider going into studio for everything or nothing consider the hybrid model um, the other option you could try if you've got a bit more money is doing your drums in a big studio with a space and all that kind of thing and then doing everything else in a smaller studio so if you're working with a producer they might recommend that you know going to a big studio for the drums smaller studio for everything else because the smaller studio where you're going to take more time is going to be cheaper just because it's smaller that's the way it goes so yeah a hybrid model can be a really really good way to go don't disconsider uh, that model. That's not the phrase. Don't ignore that model. I think that's probably, in my genuine opinion, that is the best way to do it. That's how to get the most of a real recording studio balanced with the affordability and the amount of things that are so easy to do at home. Record the drums in a big studio, everything else at home. I don't see why you do it any other way, but that's me. <laughs> that's my opinion. The last point I've got is probably my favourite one. And in fact, this was inspired by a band. I'm not going to name them because I don't need to. Um, a band I know who do this. So it's a really interesting one. In fact, this is what inspired the idea to talk about this at all. To be honest with you, um, I just thought it was such an incredible idea. Get studio time in return for favours. Now, now, this might sound mad to you at first, but the idea is that you have skills, you have equipment, you may have time, and you can use that essentially as a barter, bypass money and go straight to um, bartering your skills and your time and your whatever it is for studio time. So for example, if you're a great musician, I hope you are, you could be for free a session musician for a few projects that come into the studio say if you're a really great guitarist you could be a session musician guitarist on a few of their sessions or if you're a session musician drummer or if you're a drummer or if you're a drummer you could be a session musician drummer on a few of their sessions and if you can trade that for some studio time amazing you've not spent any money you spent your time it does cost you something but it's not your hard-earned cash which can be um, a challenging thing to work out especially when there's so many other pulls on your money um, especially at the moment in the current kind of um situation certainly in the uk um, in terms of affordability of everything um so there we go um another thing you can offer to do is you can agree to help around in the studio so for example i don't know maybe they need to do some redecorating maybe they need some um, xlr cable soldering and you have soldering skills maybe there's a few things that are broken you'd happen to know some really good skills around electronics and you can help them fix it all ideas that you can throw in there. What skills do you have to offer studios to um, to trade for studio time? And I think people really appreciate these things and people really value these things. So it's really a good idea, good, good way to go. I don't think many bands are thinking about this as an option. The final thing that you can do in terms of um, studio time return for non-money is you can offer to give gear. 
<laughs> bit more of a difficult one maybe but if for example you're a guitarist and you have your favorite amp that you use all the time and you have another amp that you like but you don't play it all the time but it's a nice amp you could consider asking a studio if they will trade that for some studio time crazy i know but you know it's a recording studio they're going to need gear and they're probably endlessly going to want gear because everyone basically endlessly wants gear that's just the secret truth isn't it guys um so you could trade um, some of your gear for studio time that that that's that for studio time that then that gear lives at the studio and if you're there of course you can use it but then it becomes it obviously belongs to the studio and that's kind of obviously a bit of a trade off there. I think the the whole thing around studio time and return for favors the thing that you've got to bear in mind is that not everyone is going to say yes. It sounds crazy like it sounds obvious but. Not everyone is going to say yes. Some people are going to be like, no, no, sorry, we just work by cash for studio time, money for studio time. And that's fair enough. But unless you ask that question, you don't know. Like, if you're too afraid to do it face to face, it can be a difficult thing to ask. Then obviously just do it over email. Just ask, you know, I have these skills. Would that be okay to, to trade that for studio time? Is that something that you've thought about? That kind of thing. Really interesting avenue to explore. I think really worth doing. There's a band I know who've basically done an entire EP and are starting their next EP more or less based on the idea of favours, I think, around being session musicians on other people's sessions. So... There you go. I really wanted to convey these ideas to you. Recording studios, I think, are always worth considering, certainly for drums and other things as well. Don't discard it. Don't disregard it. Think about it and put some money behind it. I made actually made a social media post recently um, challenging people <laughs> around investing in your skills as a band investing in your your video your artwork your music um all the kind of creative output of the band if you own the band or any money which you probably are you know you've got jobs and things like that consider investing your money into the band in order to get a better product there are things that you can do cheaply you can record at home and that sounds great don't get me wrong it really can i've mixed stuff that sounds great that's recorded at home but there's certain things that just really work in the studio, really work in a professionally treated space with good microphones and good equipment. Don't disregard it. It's also a great experience to go into the studio. It's really fun. It's really kind of um, gets everyone together in the band. And it's just a really it's a really enjoyable time, to be honest with you. I would honestly say in all in all the questions around affordability, if you have jobs as a band, and you can put aside some money, put aside some money, save up for these things. Don't just kind of go, I don't know, don't do some crazy borrowing. Don't expect necessarily, unfortunately, expect gigs and streaming to pay for it. Consider saving up as a band, putting some money aside, and then using that for recording. Ultimately, your recorded output and your other things like your videos and your artwork is what you are going to remember you know when you get to i don't know 50 60 70 years time when you're really old this is the stuff that you're going to look back on and go oh you know remember that time when we did this i don't know we recorded this album we did this ep we did this music video whatever it is and you know if you listen back and you go oh yeah but you know we tried to do it cheaply and it wasn't very good then you're going to regret it like Ultimately, you're going to regret it. You need to maybe put put some money into it. And what I'm saying now kind of sounds contrary to the idea of um, affordable recording studios and thinking about that and when I'm talking about money. But I just thought it was a really important point to bring up that, 
you need to balance it. You need to balance the thoughts around what is good to do in the studio and good to do at home, for example, what is really worth investing in and how do you invest in it? I think the idea of skills and your time for for, fav, for uh, recording studio time is really important one to consider. Don't disregard it. But there we go. I'll stop rambling now. And I'll just say that is it for another episode of the Music Survivor Guide. If you enjoyed it, then please leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast. I really appreciate every single one of those um, that I see. Uh, unfortunately, I've not had a few in a while. I would really appreciate some reviews. If you haven't reviewed me on, on the podcast, go on to... Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review, most places have a facility for leaving reviews. Please also share it with any friends and bandmates if you thought it was useful. There were some great takeaways in here. I think there really are about recording studios and how you do it. So share it with them and maybe it can spark a conversation as a band. Finally, I really appreciate every single one of you. So if you're interested, there's a community on Facebook called the Music Survival Guide Community. Surprise, surprise. Hop over there for chats about music and band life with other musicians and industry people. And I will see you next time. 